0: In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, how do you know who you are? More on that later. Since Christmas, we've been tagging along with Jesus, and we have noticed that Jesus has been changing things everywhere he goes. At Cana, Jesus changed water into wine. At Nazareth, he changed prophecy into fulfillment. At Capernaum, Jesus changed sick folks and made them well. At Galilee, he changed empty nets and filled them with fish, and he also changed fishermen and made them fishers of men, his very first disciples. And from now on, until he is killed on Good Friday, he will just keep going. He will just keep changing the wounded and the broken and the sinful, the hard-hearted and the failed and the dead. He will just keep changing them for the better. Jesus is here to change the world, and he is here to change us. And as Pastor Nelson has said so well these past few weeks, when Jesus is here changing things, nothing can go on as it did before. So Lent is a great opportunity for us to live in the presence of Christ, changed by his forgiveness, by his word, by his truth, by his way, by his love, and especially by his guiding spirit. But as we learn in the gospel appointed for this first Sunday in Lent, great opportunity often comes with great temptation. This is a story about the desert. In scripture, the desert is home to demons and chaos. It is also the place where saints are made. There are three players in the story for today. Jesus, the spirit, and the liar. St. Mark calls him Satan, which means the accuser or the adversary. For St. Mark, Satan is always trying to get on the other side of the argument. He is the adversary who breaks you down by opposing you. But St. Luke calls him Diabolos, the devil, which means the slanderer or the liar. For St. Luke, the devil is always trying to get on the same side of the argument. For St. Luke, the liar breaks you down, not by opposing you, but by befriending you and then betraying you. The friendly temptations in this story ask Jesus to do one very simple thing to put himself first, to go his own way, to take leave of his guiding spirit. After 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus is terribly hungry, so his new friend, the liar, encourages him to use a bit of messianic magic and change stones to bread. After 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus is also very tired. So his new friend, the liar, offers to do him a favor, to find him a way to be king without the exhausting work of going to the cross. Just worship me, says the devil, and this will all be yours. After 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus is still quite unknown. So his new friend, the liar, suggests an easy way for him to be an instant hit. He should stun the crowds by jumping down from the top of the temple and letting the angels catch him. What a kind, thoughtful, loving, helpful new friend this devil is. Part consultant, part handler, He has figured out three easy ways to increase Jesus' initiative, efficiency, and popularity. And those are three things that we all admire. So what is the trouble? Where is the lie? The devil only has one lie. But he tells it very well because he tells it over and over and over and over again. This is the lie. That you can touch evil and still live. Ever since Adam and Eve touched the tree, they were told not to touch. Our world has been a desert. Fallen, broken, dry, and dirty with demons and chaos. Now evil hangs in the air all around us. Not just bread and power and popularity, but... Idolatry and rebellion against authority and lust and selfishness in all its forms. Tempting us to touch it and promising to make us strong and efficient and popular. Promising to give us what we want. But here is the back story. When we touch evil, we give it life incarnate. When we touch evil, we give it our very own flesh and blood. And it grows, and it spreads, and it gains strength, and it becomes habit. And eventually, it becomes stronger than we are and steals from us what we were meant to be. It possesses us, it consumes us, and in the end, it kills us. This is the lie, that you can touch evil and still live. The truth is that touching evil in any form enslaves and destroys us individually and as a community. Until today, you have known Jesus by his yes. Yes, I will change water into wine. Yes, I will teach you and heal you and forgive you. Yes, I will make you fishers of men. But from now on, Jesus will also be known by his no. No, I will not disobey my guiding spirit and break my fast and turn stones to bread. No, I will not worship the devil to avoid suffering and dying for the life of the world. And no, I will not test my Heavenly Father, daring him to catch me when I jump. In a word, it's this. No, I will not touch evil. That is who Jesus is. Properly human, living within the boundaries of a child of God. He is utterly obedient. Never testing God and always trusting God and following where the Holy Spirit leads, and destroying every devil's lie with a word of truth, with a bit of scripture, which is the opposite of lie. So how do you know who you are? Like Jesus, you were baptized, and there your loving Father gave you his guiding Holy Spirit, and he changed you into a child of God. We just saw that happen. How do you know who you are? Like Jesus, you know who you are by what you say and what you do when the chips are down, by what you say and what you do in the midst of great stress, in the midst of great temptation. You know who you are by your yes. Your yes to truth, love, honesty, obedience, community. Your yes to the Holy Spirit. And you know who you are by your no. Your no to self, power, popularity, lies, and betrayal. Your no to evil. Even when it costs you mightily and even when it hurts you deeply. After all, the desert is the place where saints are made. In this life, the temptation to take the easy way out is always there. The liar is always in your ear, begging you to take just a bit more initiative, to show just a bit more efficiency, and to make yourself just a little bit more popular. The liar is always there, encouraging you. Just this once, to touch the evil, to give it life, to give it your very own flesh and blood, and so to end in chaos. The end of chaos is always eternal death. But Christ is here again this morning in his word, in his baptism, in his Eucharist. In his holy absolution, Christ is here and Christ is change. So absolutely nothing can go on as it did before. What's the change? It is there in the truthful words of Jesus and his prophets. Repent and believe the gospel. And I forgive you all your sins. But also bear fruit that befits repentance. This is what to say and what to do when the chips are down. In Jesus, we see that the ultimate act of love is obedience, following the guiding spirit through the wilderness to the cross to die for you and for your sins according to the Heavenly Father's will. It is true for us as well as children of God. The ultimate act of love is obedience. Saying yes to holy things and no to anything that is unholy. The Christian life is that simple. Who are you? You are a child of God who again this morning is being offered safe passage by the guiding spirit through the desert of this life, to an oasis on the far side named Eden, where honest love hangs in the air all around us, giving life with every touch. If I were you, I'd take the offer and embrace the change. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.